I'm going to start by doing a quick roll call. So, Ollie Smith. Yes, that's me. And Laurie Martin. Hello. Martin or Martin? Or is it a proper English Gloucestershire name? Yeah, Martin. Simple. Excellent. That's like Greg James, who uses two first names. Um, yeah. So, you're, you're both students of journalism, but you've actually been working as journalists for the last year. So, what are you still doing as students? Are you just learning how not to libel people? <laughs> Well, we've actually only got um, a few weeks left until we until we finish uni. We're just sort of uh, finishing our final few assignments and projects and and whatnot at uni, and then and then you know the three years would have come to an end. So yeah, it's it's gone very quickly. And as you say, for the last year, as part of our final year, we have to one of our modules is a sort of media careers. As part of that, we have to go on a, a placement. To, to gain some experience out in the field. So um, for, for me, I've been working with a sort of club media team at, at Forest Green, uh, mainly focusing on the, the women's team myself, but uh, you know, in the press box for some of the first team matches as well. And then I don't know if you want to talk about what you've been up to, Laurie. Last two seasons I've been doing the reporter for Gloucestershire Live. So yeah, that's been last two seasons. This season, is obviously I've been going away to all the matches as well. Obviously, mm-hmm. last season was a bit difficult with COVID. Doing that, and that'll be the final game of that this Saturday at Mansfield for the last game. So yeah, it's all coming to an end. Handed him the dissertation yesterday. So oh, Mazeltov, so, yeah. congratulations! It's, it, it was a bit anticlimactic because I handed my thesis in really early because I had a really light second term. I went to Edinburgh, so we had two terms of classes, and then finals were in the third term. And I think I finished my degree. God, this is horrible. Twelve years ago this week. 5th of May, 2010. You were how old? Like nine. Yeah, nine. <laughs> it's terrible. Ageing is terrible. Stay young as much as possible. So two questions out of that. Both are quite stupid. Are you going to dress up? Um, for the final... For the game final game. away day. Well, um, I don't think Laurie will be. I probably would if I was in. Yeah. yeah. You know, the temptation is there for me because I think most likely I'll be in the the away end, and I know quite a few of you know, my fellow supporters have, have costumes at the ready, but I'm not too sure if, if I want to go through the, the embarrassment, really. I'm, I'm not sure. It's not something I've ever done before, uh, dress up and go, go to the football, but you know we'll have to wait and see. I know um, one of our friends, Keelan, is going as Ali G, Good. Which, will, which, will be, which will be quite interesting. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I'm dressed up. Lest we forget, wait. Ali G... A creation of Sasha Baron Cohen, first of all, from before you were born. That is, that's how frighteningly young you are. I'm not going to exaggerate it. And the other stupid question was, how does Forest Green Rovers travel to away games? Yeah, so usually for the really quite far away games, the team would probably travel on a coach on a Friday and then stay overnight in a hotel uh, on the Friday evening. But we, we saw for the Bristol Rovers game, they actually travelled in an electric coach, which is uh, the first time that's ever happened for a professional sports team, I, I believe. And um, I think for next season, they're going to actually purchase uh, an electric uh, coach or, or minibus to use to try and get to you know more away games using uh, you know an electric bus as opposed to the standard coaches we see. Yeah. And for those who don't know, and if you're in the football library, you will know what Forest Green Rovers are. In the same way that Abu Dhabi and Saudi Arabia have bought football clubs, 
Eccentric millionaire Dale Vince is using Forest Green Rovers with Forest Green's approval. And I know you've, you've been working for the club this year, so I'll speak on your behalf. He is changing football in this country. He is a genius and more people should support what he does. So congratulations for being affiliated to this great club, which next season will play Derby, Ipswich, Charlton and Sunderland and will quite laughably only be able to host 15% of the 4,000 capacity is 600. So only the lucky 600 Derby, Ipswich, Charlton, Sunderland, etc. fans will be able to go and see the new lawn, which is a club at the top of the hill. Hence, uh, Ollie and Laurie, or Laurie and Ollie, I don't know which way around you go. I'll, I'll mix and match. Uh, pod on top of the hill, a magnificent podcast. Congratulations with the success of it. You didn't expect your team to go up, did you? Certainly not uh, automatically. No, I, I think after the, the managerial change in the summer, we expected there would be... Areas where Forest Green, you know, would have you know gone on a run of losing a few games, uh, results wouldn't go our way. Just because when a sort of change at the top happens, there's lots of different transitions that need to occur on and off the pitch. But it, it didn't go like that at all because when Rob Edwards came in, he came into a team that has you know a pretty good quality squad. You, know, you look at last season could have achieved promotion and I think we signed four players in the summer so you know, a few more tweaks to the squad and I haven't looked back really it's been an, a, an amazing season exceeded mine Laurie's most four screen supporters expectations and you know as you say next season in League One is a, an amazing achievement for a, you know a pretty small club in terms of well, it's going to be the smallest club in, in League One. We're, we're one of the smaller teams in League Two as it is. And, you know, I was speaking to a few Forest Green supporters recently and they still have to pinch themselves that we're even in the football league, let alone League One. Yeah. I mean, it, it's vastly performing well above its station. I think the nicest derby in England is going to take place next year. Hopefully, it won't just be for the one season. But Accrington Stanley against Forest Green Rovers, I think. There should be a kind of photo. Like I've, I've, just, I've just read a piece about Puff Daddy and Mace. It's a very significant video because it's all about how rap music can show we're here, we're not going away. If Andy Holt and Dale Vince share like a vegan burrito or something, and again, I'm not criticising the, the vegan nature of Forest Green. I think it's brilliant. But the owners of Accrington and Forest Green are holding the torch for how to own a club. And we've also seen, and sorry to bring up Exeter, uh, but Exeter have been promoted with you. I think they're still fan-owned, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So League League One, as well as having these sorry clubs, are going to have really upwardly mobile clubs. Uh, but the key question, is Rob Edwards going to be in the dugout or is he going to be poached? I, feel, I think he remains I think he remains in the dugout. I think it's the last sort of few days reports have come out that uh, he's on Birmingham's wanted list and on Salford's as well. I mean, I think... You know, speaking from my point of view, I think Birmingham are a bit of a mess of a club at the moment. Um, and he's he's a Villa boy as well. Came through at Villa. Mm. His daughter plays for Villa, so I'm not sure how that would go down. And then you've uh, obviously got Salford as well. He's just achieved promotion to League One. So, you know, I don't think he dropped back down to, to a League Two club. So, 
you know, it was, a, it was a risk from Dale Vince and Rich Hughes, the director of football, to appoint him in the first place with very sort of little experience in the senior game. He'd done very well with England youth teams and Wolves youth teams, but his only senior managerial experience had been in the National League North with Telford. So it was a risk to appoint him. I think Edwards certainly comes across as a very, uh, very loyal person who is appreciative of the opportunity opportunity he was given in the first place. So his stock is extremely high, no doubt about that. I think Forest Green can almost look up the road at Cheltenham. Michael Duff has exceeded expectations every season. The Cheltenham playoffs won the league, um, then their highest ever finish um, ever in, in League One. And he's still there. So I, I think... You know, I think Edwards will, will stick around for a bit longer. I think he's got it good with a good chairman, good squad, good backing. I hope so. Is it John Palmer who's the Cheltenham reporter? Correct, yeah. Yes, so Laurie, you will have worked with him quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, he's John's, John's our lecturer as well at, at the uni, yeah. Great. Yes, he is. And he's written lots of books about Cheltenham. I'm trying to convince the two of you to turn Pod on the Top of the Hill into a book <laughs> because we know about Dale Vince. We know how great he is. We know that he's got a social agenda. Is it James Blake who is the artist in residence? Oh, I'm, I'm not too sure. There was an artist in residence at the club. I think Forest Green are the most interesting club. If I lived anywhere near Nailsworth, I would go. Unfortunately, I can get up that hill, but you must be very fit now. If you're going up that hill 25 times a season, you both must be... Flexing your muscles for those graduation photos. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a it's a right walk. I mean, I used to, as a supporter, I walk it most times. But since I've been covering games, I I drive up. But I walked it the other week for the first time in about two and a half years, and I forgot how tough it was mm-hmm. on, on your car. <laughs> and we had two American guys come over from the, from the Heaven, Heaven's Devils podcast, and they did walk up the hill. Uh, to, to the only home match they went to, and they, they were saying it kind of feels like you know they've not done the full experience because they didn't walk up it. That they got a lift instead. Absolutely. So yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough old walk, and I think Sunderland Derby Sheffield Wednesday fans are going to enjoy that. Indeed. This one's to Laurie, reporter for Gloucestershire Live this year. I imagine you're already thinking about lead paragraphs to describe this season, uh, but I'm going to ask you, what are the big stories? I think. You know, I think people probably go sort of under races in the success that, that Forest Green have had. And, of course, Dale Vince will get a lot because the club have had a meteoric rise under him. I think, obviously, Rob Edwards will get a lot because the improvement is, is because of him, essentially, because, because he's come through the door. But I think the story of the season is um, director of football, Rich Hughes, who has done a magnificent job with, with Forest Green. It was after the... After Forest Green's first season in the Football League, they really struggled in the first season and nearly got relegated. They stayed up by one point in the end, um, although it was a bit more comfortable than that actually suggests. But the recruitment throughout was a bit messy. Uh, they signed lots of players in the summer who didn't work out. And I think they signed 10 players in the January window. So they brought in a, a head of recruitment in Rich Hughes. And from there, the recruitment, I'm sure Ollie will agree, has been so much better. It's been targeted. They've gone for... For young players who have been put on the scrap heap by Premier League or Championship academies, or they've gone into non-league as well and recruited from uh, National League or even even lower than that, um, looking for for sort of gems. And then the, you know the hope is that they they polish them up a bit and eventually make profit from them. 
uh, and Forest Green have done that, that done that very well um, with some players. Did it with Liam Kitchen last season, who was not wanted by Leeds. Forest Green signed him, sold him for a club record fee to, to Barnsley. Um, Ebu Adams is another one. He's going to, I think, he is going to leave this summer. Uh, it'll probably be on a free, but he was signed from from Ebb's Fleet, having very little football league experience, uh, and he's. God, he's a club legend for Forest Green. He's probably one of the best midfielders they've ever had. So I think he's almost uh, the story of the season. Someone who, since it's happened, since Forest Green got promoted, he's got a little bit more credit from, from fans and stuff. But I think he's got a bit of a thankless task in respect that if you know, he gets it wrong, he gets it in the neck and people go, well, you know, what's the point of having a head of recruitment director of football? But he's really masterminded it. And I think Forest Green, one of their biggest tasks is keeping hold of him rather than keeping hold of yeah. Edwards and the many talented players they have. Adam Leventhal wrote a piece just last week. Uh, we're talking on May the 4th, um, etc. But Adam wrote a piece about the director of football, which is the most significant position. Um, Paratici at Spurs, he's got a very fun summer ahead of him, especially because the manager seems to be just a, a guy who can say whatever he wants and he knows that Levy will have to pay him off to get rid of him. So I love Antonio Conte. I love what he's doing at Spurs. It's not the Spurs I grew up watching. Watford have now had four directors of football. Apparently one of the former ones, Luke Dowling, was in charge of getting Roy Hodgson to Watford, which was fascinating to learn. Um, But we've still got our scouting network. It is amazing. Two things about the recruitment. One, your record transfer fee is only 25 grand. So you don't really spend money on players' transfer fees. Yeah, yeah. as I I said, it's mostly, when I say the word scrap heap, you know, that's that's it. It's players who have been released from from Premier League and, and Championship Academies. I think, you know, a lot of a lot is made by... Because Forest Green, in the National League days, did overspend, under Dale Vince, did overspend on, on players when they, you know, just really wanted promotion. And yeah, they wanted to get out the... Yeah, yeah. yeah, there probably wasn't as much of a plan, so they'd get experienced players. I mean, some of them did very well, but the likes of John Parkin, Matt Tubbs, Darren Carter, these were players with uh, who were coming to the end of their careers who had played in the Championship, Premier League, but... You know, they were, they were on lots of money, it's fair to say. And I think there is still a perception now that Forest Green have this, you know, Dale Vince's pockets go all the way down, you know. But the reality is that Forest Green this season had the eighth biggest budget in the league. And, you know, they only signed five players in the summer. And when you recruit young players, which is what they do, you know, those players aren't on as much um, wage-wise as if you're recruiting experienced players who have been there and done it. So there's definitely been a shift interesting to see where it ranks next season in League One in terms of in terms of budgets. But yeah, Forest Green, they've learned sort of from their lessons. I think in terms of in those National League days, they did overspend. I think trying trying to get out of it. But back in, now in the Football League and with a director of football in there, it's a lot more targeted and much more of a plan. I think it bears repeating: a team from a village, a village are playing Derby County, who won the Football League 50 years ago. This division is absurd. I mean, the Championship really is a basket case, but League One is starting to look absurd as well, when Sunderland, as we speak, can't get out of it. Um, Wickham are also in that division trying to get out of it. I noted that a lot of the players were brought in in summer 2020, during the pandemic. This season, I learned on Pod on the Top of the Hill, Pod on top of the hill. Sorry, I will get it right. That you've only played 19 men. A lot of them actually came in. A lot of the first 11 came in in 2020. So is it that it's workplace familiarity? Uh, Ollie, you've worked at the club for the last couple of years and you're 
not you're you're on speaking terms with a lot of the employees. It must be an amazing workplace. Yes, I, I certainly do feel that. You know, it's a cliche, but at Forest Green, it really is a family, a footballing family. And Rob Edwards has really uh, enforced that this season. You, you said about only using 19 players in the past under Mark Cooper, lack of continuity. He was the sort of manager who would, you know, um, drop the goalkeeper if he made one, one mistake in one game after a you know, season of brilliant performances. So to have that sort of confidence put into the players by Rob Edwards that, you know, even if you make mistakes, your, your place is safe. Go out there and play, play with freedom. I, I think... An example of that is is Kane Wilson, the player who came through the, the ranks at West at West Brom, had a few loan spells at Tranmere and Exeter, and last season he was sort of fighting with Jaden Richardson for his place, and had a few injuries, and we, we saw that you know, glimpses of talent, but this season he's really gone up a level. Um, player of the season for League Two, and will most certainly be off to a, to a Championship club in the summer, oh. and the fact that. That he reached the levels we've seen this season, I think, is down to the belief uh, put into him by, by Rob Edwards. Because you know the team have been able to form such a core group of like a, a spine, a brilliant spine, week in week out, where you know they're just, they're just familiar with each other, as, as you say. And I think what helps at Forest Green as well is being a, a small club because the supporters, the staff, the, the players. They're all familiar with each other, which you wouldn't get at a club like Sunderland or Derby. And, you, you know, you feel comfortable talking to the players who are, you know, on thousands of pounds a week. They're just standard people, you know, on and off the pitch. Yeah, they seem like ordinary level-headed guys. There's no controversy. There's, there's a no dickhead policy, as the All Blacks would say. There's also a contingent of Scots, Cadden, Hendry, Aitchison. They must bring some camaraderie to the workplace so question to both of you both from the club and from a perspective of someone who might have talked to the Scots are they hoping to stay at the club for a long time or are they using Forest Green maybe to get to as Christian Deutsch did go to Hibernian and places like that well I think with, with Jack Aitchison he has a very interesting interesting sort of case study because he, I think he still is uh, Celtic's youngest ever goal scorer. Um, I think he was 16 years of age when he scored for Celtic. Came through their academy and deemed, you know, one of their uh, most exciting prospects. And then I think it was a few, few seasons ago we had him on loan. He was brilliant, uh, a great player. Um, made the move to Barnsley, where I don't think he got on well at all. Went on loan to Stevenage, which was, which was a really strange loan move because. They were, you know, in the same league as Forest Green, uh, below us in the table, and didn't have sort of recognisable style of football that, that we have at Forest Green, and that was a disaster of a low move. And then this season, he, he's come back on loan to us and really enjoys it at Forest Green, which is, you know, quite a contrast to, to Celtic as a as a club. So I'm hoping that uh, Forest Green can sign Jack Aitchison either on another low move. Or, or a permanent deal in the summer. In terms of Cadden and, and Hendry, they've uh, both been very successful in, the, in their Forest Green career so far. Cadden could be offered in the summer because his, his contract is up and the sort of numbers he's produced this season, especially and last year as well, 
you know, they, they do attract interest from bigger clubs. Um, so, yeah, it remains to be, to be seen what happens. It's, again, so exciting watching a team like Forest Green, whom... Um, we'll, we'll go right the way back in a second, but I just want to emphasise that Forest Green Rovers next year go to Derby, Ipswich, Charlton, although you couldn't beat St Albans City this year, could you, in the FA Cup first round? Um, focus on the league. But St Albans is one of my local non-league clubs. Did you manage to get down for that match? Yeah, yeah, I, I was there. I know Ollie was in the away end for that when I was in the press box and I saw... Probably about twenty percent of the game because the view from the press box is right by the player tunnel. Yeah, yeah, it was very difficult to see any sort of goal mouth action. But yeah, it was proper old fashioned grounds, set out crowds. I remember at the time the sort of fan base was going into meltdown after that, especially on the on the official forum. You know, saying how oh, we lose to an Ashley South side, we've got to make so many changes. And then I, I think if you ask Edwards now about it, he'd almost be glad that it happened. I think the reaction from that game was incredibly good it didn't really allow Forestry to focus on the league because I think they would have it would have been the main focus anyway but I think I think that experience was 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 good for that team and yeah Edwards tried a new formation in that game and, and stuff like that and I think I think he learned a lot a lot from that game well not only that uh, I looked at your performance this season September October November December January you only lost once what a brilliant yeah, brilliant I- season yeah, it was a 19-game unbeaten run, so one short of, of 20, which would have been nice, you know, a nice sort of round number, but it was easily a easily a club record for Forestry in the Football League. I think the previous was 13 unbeaten, but there were a lot of draws in that one. This one was mostly wins, um, and some great wins in there as well. I mean, the 4-0 win at Tramia, which build up as such a massive game, and it basically sort of build up as whoever wins might go on to win the league and Forest Green tore them apart 4-0 maybe their greatest ever football league win um, they absolutely tore them apart on the day and uh, beat Newport 2-0 at, at the new lawn as well was a Newport team on really good form and there was some, some absolute thrashings in there as well a 4-1 against Harrogate um, 4-0 against Stevenage 3-0 at the half time against Hartlepool um, yeah at times this season Forest Green have looked like a sort of different level of competitor to everyone else different beast especially sort of during during that during that unbeaten run especially sort of during uh, sort of late November December scoring goals so freely fours fives didn't look like anyone could sort of stop them at that, at that time Did you have to get creative to find ways to caption pictures of Matty Stevens, who's uh, is it 23 or 24 league goals uh, have propelled well it propelled him to player of the season and propelled the club to the top of the league Apart from match days 45 and 46, you go into the last day, as we speak, needing to better Exeter's result to win. But it must have been amazing to just keep putting on social media, he's done it again, he's done it again, he scores another. Yeah, absolutely. And no, nobody expected it either. I mean, you, know, you can look at Matty Stevens's, his goals and you know he's deserving of player of the season or whatever, but the, his story and the context of it is also interesting that he signed from Forest, for Forest Green in the summer of 2019. Forest Green really chased him um, from, from Peterborough. Peterborough declined a couple of bids. Darren McAntony, the Peterborough chairman, was quite vocal that, you know, bids just weren't enough. Forest Green eventually got him sort of end of July, given the number nine shirt to replace Christian Doidge. And it didn't really happen for him. 
but also wasn't given a, a fair crack of the whip by, by Mark Cooper either. And then in the next season, which was obviously the COVID hit season, all of which was behind closed doors, he only played 170 minutes with Forest Green, scored two goals and got one assist, but he just never got the game time. And he was loaned out to Stevenage. And then Rob Edwards comes in, gives him chances in pre-season. He's the top scorer in pre-season. Gives him a chance on the opening day against Sutton. He scores. He scores the next week. He scores the next week. He scores the next week. And it just didn't stop from there. His story is so impressive the way he's come back from... Because if, if Mark Cooper had stayed, Matty Stevens would have been sold. I've got no doubt about that. But he was given an opportunity, shown faith in, and, and repaid it in bucket loads. And I do think if he didn't pick up a season-ending ACL injury at the beginning of April, I think he would definitely be League Two's top scorer and mm. would have the golden boot in his back pocket. But he's, he's had a unbelievable season and great that Forrest Green managed to tie him down to a new deal as well in, in, in January. Oh, that's brilliant, because I would have been worried that Darrow would come back in for him. He would have inserted a, a buyback clause because Peterborough are one of the 23 teams uh, which is going to where the electric coach is going to voyage next season because Forest Green Rovers, and this is the one of the stories of the season, Forest Green Rovers will play next season in the third tier of English football, not quite at Eco Park, which is your all-wood stadium, which is... The Guardian seem to be writing weekly about this wooden stadium. But have you seen the plans? You know what's going to happen, and you know the timescale about the development. There's the sort of plans. Um, I believe there was going to be a, a business park. I'm not too sure whether that's uh, still involved, whether that will come at a later date, because the priority really is getting the, the training pitches down first, then the, the stadium, I know it's going to be a hotel as well. It's really exciting for the, for the future of Forest Green Rovers. Um, personally, I, I wasn't too happy with it because you can only imagine the chaos that's going to be caused next season. But yeah, going forward, um, Eco Park will be great for the, for the club and the community as well because it, it will really integrate all aspects of the club together. You look at the, the academy, the youth teams, the women's team, and the men's team at the moment, they, they all train in separate locations away from the, the Stroud district. Um, I need to visit Stroud because it's a, a top, top. Is it a city or a town, Stroud? It is a city. It's a, it's a town. It's a town. 